This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We've had lots of conversations with couples too of like, yeah, I want to pray with my spouse, but that feels hard. That's a very intimate thing to do. And I don't even know what to say. It's the most intimate thing you can do. It's more intimate than sex. It's more intimate than anything. When you you sit down and you actually are um, opening up your heart to God out loud in front of your spouse, there's things that are going on that your spouse doesn't even know about. And you're like sharing it Mm -hmm. with God for the first time and them for the first time. It's like, that's, that's terrifying. Dear young married couple, a recent Gallup poll revealed the divorce rate among couples who pray together regularly. And get this, it's one out of 1,152 couples will divorce. That's less than 1%. That's less than 0.1%. So if you want to look at shifting the divorce rate in your marriage, this is the one thing that can change it dramatically. I think you all can see prayer is important. And praying together is incredibly important. And not just for your marriage, but the continuity of your family. Mm -hmm. Um, In this episode, we talk with Aaron and Jennifer Smith, who wrote the book called The Marriage Gift. And it's 365 prayers for your marriage. And we really just dive deep into prayer. And it has, I think this episode has a lot of great ideas of places to incorporate prayer in your marriage um, topics to pray for that you maybe not wouldn't otherwise do. Uh, so this is really a challenge. Yeah. Aaron and Jennifer are an awesome couple. They have written a lot of other books, 11 books altogether, and they have the podcast called Marriage After God. So tune into this episode to learn about prayer, but specifically praying together as a married couple. Welcome Aaron and Jennifer to the podcast. Thanks for being on with us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, prayer obviously is of utmost importance in a relationship, but it often doesn't receive that much attention, even from Bible-believing Christian couples who would say that prayer is most important. So we want to dig into that with you guys today. So tell us a little bit about, um, well, we have your book in front of us. Uh, it's the marriage gift and it's 365 prayers for our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure this was a work of passion, mm-hmm. uh, but what kind of started you on this, this journey to write a book on prayer to help couples pray? This has been a long time coming for us. I feel like it's been a seed in our hearts for, for a long time. We've Years. been, we've yeah. been doing this ministry, our ministry for over really, a decade. Yeah. 12-ish years. Yeah. And when we first launched it, the whole uh, premise was that I was going to have this blog and share 
not necessarily like how to have the best marriage, but just what I'm learning in marriage and go from there. Cause we were learning along the way, like, what is this? Yeah. What's God showing us? <laughs> and some yeah. of the most important things that I was learning at the time was how powerful prayer is in marriage. And so Aaron helped me figure out how to do this thing where we would send out daily prayers uh, via email. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even through like social media, we would share some of them. And that's always been a main feature of our ministry, speaking to husbands and wives and encouraging them like, hey, consider this when you go to pray today. And so some of our other books too reflect this heart of prayer and desire to like inspire people like you can do this. And maybe it's not something you're thinking about right now, but using one of our resources, maybe you can get started. And so kind of we took the same approach to this book. Um, we wanted it to be robust. We, we know that marriage provides a lot of different areas that you could be praying for, that we should be praying for. Mm-hmm. And so we took several years to kind of make a, a gigantic list of like, okay. What, what are all the topics that we, we, we believe couples might not be thinking about mm-hmm. um, and topics that they do think about and then just giving them a a template, giving them a, uh, a catalyst so that they can start praying daily. Yeah. And our hope was that with this book, that people would start to pray and kind of add in their own personal touch as they're praying, knowing what the topic for the day is. Um, and also as they're doing it alongside their spouse, because they know the details of their marriage, they know exactly yeah. what they're walking through. And even sometimes we know the things that we're walking through and we forget about certain things. And so we just hope that this is an all around um, encouragement for people to, who maybe are on autopilot, you know, like right. maybe they're just not thinking about it, or or maybe it's been something that they um, have kind of been insecure about. Cause we we've had lots of conversations yeah. with couples too, of like, yeah, I want to pray with my spouse, but that feels hard. That that's a very intimate thing to do. Right. And I don't even know what to say. And so by starting out with a prayer that's already written out, not only does it become a little bit easier, that initial launching off point, mm-hmm. um, but our hope is that it also becomes a conversation talking point of, hey, we we just prayed this, but now we should probably talk about it because we haven't actually yeah, we haven't thought covered about this before, before, depending on how long you've so been married, good. you know? Totally. So, I just want to ask you to, to tag in with what you're saying here. I think a lot of couples have a hard time praying out loud. Mm-hmm. Like, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And we've heard this. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the hang up is per se. I'm sure for different people, it could be a a mixture of insecurities there, but we, we compare ourselves. I know I've done that with you, Aaron. Um, like he'll pray this really awesome prayer. And then I'm like, I got to follow that up. Like (laughs) (laughs) Like it's a performance or something. Yeah. But we do do that. Or, and you know, sometimes I think, well, I'm a writer. I, I like to write. So maybe I'll just write out what I want to pray. I tell people that too. Like sometimes you know, when you first start praying with your spouse, maybe it's not something that you jump straight to do, doing like um, saying it out loud. Maybe you do just write it out in a text and say, let them know like, hey, I'm praying for you. Because that does feel easier sometimes. I think think a lot of believers also may not have had an example growing Mm -hmm. up of like, maybe their parents didn't pray with them or maybe they only prayed at dinner or they only prayed at church. Uh, There was no like regular consistent like, hey, this is how we talk to God. Mm-hmm. This is why we talk to God. This is uh, so that, uh, I mean, we had examples growing up. And so I think we had a little bit of a foundation, but we know lots of people didn't. We know lots of yeah. people, even if they, their parents were believers, maybe they their, their parents didn't know to be praying for their children in front of their children. Um, like we talked about, you were talking about earlier um, when we first started this was 
there's a lot of believers that they just don't, or it's it's difficult, or it's um, uncomfortable. Um, I think the other reason believers probably have a hard time praying with their spouse, and and we bring this up a lot, is it's well, it's the most intimate thing you can do. It's more intimate than physical um, sex. Yeah. It's more intimate than than anything. When you have when you sit down and you actually are um, opening up your heart to God out loud in front of your spouse. Um, if, especially if there's confession, if there's uh, repentance, if there's if there's things that are going on that your spouse doesn't even know about, and you're like sharing it mm-hmm. with God for the first time, and them for the first time, it's like that's that's terrifying. It's vulnerable, yeah, very vulnerable. On the positive, it's really beautiful. If I could just yeah. chime in, if the person that's that gets to peek in and see and hear someone else speaking to God and hearing them reveal their heart, like that is a that is a powerful thing for the person that is tuning in and and sitting alongside them. I've enjoyed that about our marriage that I get to see Aaron's relationship with the Lord and how it communicates with him and, and the things that he shares with him. And that helps me know Aaron better. That, that helps me know the things that he's struggling with and how I can be praying for him. I was going to say, it says a couple of things when you, when you choose to do this, um, it, it says a couple of things. It says, I want to grow closer to God. It says, I want this to be a part of our marriage. It also says, I trust you enough to hear yeah. my heart yeah. and I trust God enough to hear my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you're, you're revealing to your spouse that you want them to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. You want them to know that, that you want to be revealed. There's a, there's a lot of marriages that go through life and they, they love each other and they feel close, but they don't ever fully know each other. Mm-hmm. And we, we desire that marriages, husbands and wives around the world, especially those who believe in God and claim, you know, the name of Jesus would be real and open and that they would truly know each other. The, um, you know, talking about intimacy, the word that the Bible uses for sex is knowledge or no, like yeah. he knew. And so there's this, um, level of knowledge that you gain that doesn't exist outside of doing this. When you go to God openly, whereas a unit as one, not just me and my private relationship over here with God and you have nothing to do with it, Jennifer, but mm-hmm. you're in it with me mm-hmm. and I'm going to go to God for you. And I'm going to trust that you're going to hear my heart. And I'm going to, I'm going to trust God that you're going to um, trust him to deal with my heart also mm-hmm. and to take care with my heart and, and vice versa that we're going to do that with each other. Um, so it requires a lot of trust. Oh gosh. It's yeah, mm-hmm. but it's a beautiful thing. But that's why we made this book was that this would be like just an amazing amazingly easy stepping stone to start because they get to use it together um, or separately. We've actually written in a way that they can use it separately if they want. Um, Mm -hmm. Our desire is that they would use it together, but they can do it whatever. Speak to that a little bit because I think a lot of couples, and this was us at the beginning of our marriage, you know, we both love God and, you know, 15 years ago had our own prayer walk with God, but we didn't see the the benefit or the necessity of praying. Yeah, I, together. I would say when it's not that we didn't see the benefit, it's just that we didn't properly value. Right. Because we could have done it, but we're, you know, quotes, air quotes, so busy or yeah. Yeah. I had to wake up too early and align you know, our schedules. Yeah. Aligning yeah. our schedules was a challenge. Mm-hmm. And so it was that point of, definitely kind of guilt mm-hmm. in our marriage for a long time. Like, Oh, we should be praying because that's what Christians do together. You know, yeah. good marriages. <laughs> We're not doing all the but, right things. But you know yeah. what? Like, just like when you get married and there's a learning curve with like, okay, now I'm living with this person and now there's got to share a bed. And we share a bed. We share all these different things. Where did the laundry go? 
and he has <laughs> his ways of doing things and I have my ways and the same way you take time to learn all those things and figure out how to compromise and do things together prayer is no different and yeah. when you do value it and and want to do it together it just requires a little bit of mm. adjustment in that yeah. you know well, and, area and practice spiritual and discipline. walking in it like we I bring this up often when it comes to, to prayer and actually many things that are spiritual. If it was a natural thing, we would just do it, but it's yeah. not a natural thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a supernatural thing going out of your way to say, I'm going to talk to the invisible God, the God that I cannot see, that I cannot touch, that I cannot hear and with my senses. And I'm going to talk to him and I'm going to believe that he's hearing me and I'm going to believe that he's listening to me. And so then you add on top of that, your spouse being there with you and hearing those things. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it takes, it takes practice. It takes training. It's why so, Jesus had to teach the disciples. Cause they're like, teach us how to do what you're doing. Cause I've never seen <laughs> <Yes>. that before. <laughs> right? Exactly. I love that. Okay. So you said practice. So I just want to share this for the li people listening and then maybe see what you guys have done. But we've had different um, times of our life where, you know, like we talked about that first time, first many years we struggled to pray then we kind of got on the bandwagon here and there and i think recently not recently probably years ago this was one of the really when everything really started clicking for us um when we had a deep conversation of like we need to pray and chris said i want to see you as the spiritual leader to lead mm -hmm. us in prayer i'm like okay well meet me on the couch you know, let's pray <laughs> and and there's, you know, we, we're talking, kind of putting each other and like trying to figure out how to do it most efficiently. And I remember having this discussion where Chris is like, you know, what can we do to make this a habit? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I was expressing my frustration with trying to make it a habit. And I remember we figured out a way of, I would get up when the alarm goes off and shut off the fan and open the blackout curtains that we have in our room. And I always... Yeah. And I always go make my coffee and it gives her a couple of minutes to wake up and, and go get dressed or whatever. But for us, that was kind of that first habitual step mm -hmm. that we make in the morning. Then we sit ourselves down, we do a devotion together and we pray together. Mm -hmm. But that simple thing of, okay, the expectation, Adam, is to turn off the fan Mm -hmm. so, so everything goes quiet yeah. and it's time to wake up and yeah. open up the blinds so the sunlight could come in. Um, that was really helpful for us to, to start establishing that routine. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, did you guys go through something or, or, or a process to figure that out? What, what did your prayer journey look like? Um, well, Aaron already mentioned that we kind of had the example growing up of what prayer was, and we were already doing it individually. So when we came together um, in our relationship, it was it was an easy thing to just uh, I don't know I don't know how to explain it, but we we prayed like at night before we left each other um, yeah, well, during the dating, dating and yeah. engagement period, and then it kind of just it stayed a night thing the For majority of our marriage, I would say that. Um, and so for us, our cue was at bedtime before going to bed. Mm. That was always our time to dive into prayer. And we'd also talk about the day first and flush things out that maybe needed to be talked about. It also meant that for the most part, we were always going to bed at the same time. Yeah. So I know I've, actually, I've always appreciated and loved people that. People talking about that for uh, just a powerful tool for marriages. Yeah. Like, hey, go to bed right. at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, but what you're talking about is so important. And I know that they've touched on it in habit books, like oh, yeah. the power of habit and other things. Yep. They, they talk about, um, 
coupling and mm-hmm. making Cu- taking make, two patterns and trying to or taking one pattern you already have and adding something to it to, to it right it, to remind you and yeah. when we have cues like human beings we tune into patterns and um ways of being that are easier for us and more convenient and so i love that for you it was the fan and the and the lights and let the light in um even spiritually when you said that i was like oh yeah yes. that's really powerful mm-hmm. um yeah. so for couples listening you know if if you need to find time to create this habit of prayer couple couple it with something that you're already doing together maybe you go on walks after dinner maybe you go to bed at the same time like we do or get up at the same time like you guys um finding a moment throughout the day that you can be together and for those who maybe are separated through distance because you know there's like military families out there and um, other people who have jobs that they travel um maybe there's a time of day that you come together and you facetime or you can share an email back and forth you know there are ways of doing it even if you're not physically in person uh what's nice about a physical book like ours is you can put this, and this is a, another strategy for building habit is if you want something to, to happen, like our coffee makers, put it in front of you. They're visible, right? <laughs> yeah. You get up and yep. you know, the coffee maker is always there. Um, and the same goes, if you want to stop doing that habit, you remove the coffee maker, you put it somewhere <laughs> else. <laughs> right. Exactly. So you can set this book down maybe on your, um, your, your sink. So when you go up and get up in the morning, brush your teeth, you see it and it's, it's out of kind of out of place. And you're like, Oh, Let's do this real quick. Uh-huh. Uh, Talk about the guilt you felt earlier, man. If you put that in your face and you you're on purposely ignoring it, then you're, like, you know, yeah, you're, you're, gonna... you're looking with your side eyes too. You're like, okay, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it makes good. it it makes it an easy tool to to create a new habit. But I just want to I want to take a step back. What what really was motivating you both um, wasn't just we should do this because this is the like this is what Christian couples do. Right. Was you guys? Had, it started with like a desire for leadership, a desire for depth, a desire for intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But so it, I just want to encourage those listening because I, I've gotten into these situations where I feel very overwhelmed and I and I feel like a failure when I I try to do a new thing and I can't get that to fit in and my life just like especially we have five kids. Yeah. There's a lot of things we try and like create new habits of, and we we might be really great on it for you know a week or two, and then man, we just slip back into old patterns. And mm-hmm. or sometimes we're in really long seasons of it, and then it just stops stops for <laughs> a long time too. The so. the we reality is when it comes to this sort of thing, especially with with almost anything that with your spiritual relationship with God, is it's starts with a heart posture. Like what yeah. do you desire to know God more? Do you desire to have a deeper spiritual relationship with your spouse and with God? Mm-hmm. And so whether that be like you getting up in the morning and you have this specific time where you pray together, um, that that's a part of that. That's a beautiful part of that, a powerful mm-hmm. part. But really what Jennifer and I have tried to do is we've just con- been convinced by, li- by life experience and by just no- the word of God and by knowing God is that we just recognize that prayer is a is a first thing always. A first response. Yeah. So like Everything. when we're in the car with the kids and we get a text message about a friend that's in the hospital or got sick or crashed mm-hmm. on a motorcycle or anything, mm-hmm. we just announce it to the children. Hey, some, something happened. Either we give details if we can or not. We say, would someone like to pray for this or let's pray for them? And we pray so for them right good. then. Um, when something um, good happens. We say, man, thank God for this. And we, it may not be a prayer like, a, Hey, let's stop and close our eyes, but we are thanking and God. That's a prayer. That's a prayer. posture. Yeah. It's a heart, like like yeah. let's, let's acknowledge God in this moment. A lot of the Bible, God is looking for acknowledge. He's like those who acknowledge me. 
That's what he wants is a heart that acknowledges him, not just skips over him and just continues on life until we trip and fall. We're like, oh, wait, where's God? Mm-hmm. And so I think those 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 specific habits are powerful. But that could that might be overwhelming for someone who doesn't have a habit at all of praying mm-hmm. and just turn on to say, okay, when my when I lay my kids down to bed, I'm gonna do a quick short prayer with them. When we sit down to eat, we're gonna yeah. pray and thank God for our food. Uh when we're in the car, we're gonna pray for our day. We're gonna and just yeah. incorporating it and tur- turning your mind onto a, a posture of we pray. Mm-hmm. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Mm. <laughs> for sure. That is so good. The, when my personal prayer life really took a change, really just did change for me, was when I stopped seeing God as more of a thing I should do, like a kind of a checklist, like, oh, I got to do yeah. that, got to do that, got to you know, be, be a good Christian, and started seeing it as if I was out of town and I hadn't talked to my wife in two days, I would really want to talk to my wife. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, like that's just a given. Like I want to talk to my wife because I love her and she's my friend and I can, I want to tell her about what's happening and share yeah. my excitement and my joy and my struggles and my heartache. Like I need, I have that desire as a human being to share. And when I turn that to God, like, oh my goodness, God is actually a being mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. wants a relationship yeah. with yeah. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it all changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that perspective shift. And I actually saw it in on page one of your book um, in the introduction. And what made me think of this um, before I was reading uh, um, in your book, and then I'll, I'll read the sentence that stood out to me. But um, I was talking with someone recently who said, I just don't understand the purpose of prayer. And they said, you know, we have an all-knowing God. He knows the end from the beginning. Um, he's a good God, so he he wants to give us good things, and he wants to save people and help people and heal people. She's like, so why would mm-hmm. we need to pray for that? And I explained this perspective shift on it's le- it's less about and there is a petition that we that we give to God, but it's less about petitioning Him and more about being in relationship with Him. Yeah. And so the sentence from your book that reminded me of that was the purpose of prayer is not to bend God to our will, but rather to align our heart to His. Mm-hmm. It's, so good. it's such a good perspective. Well, and it's um, such a good reminder for us because I think so often when we do come to God in prayer, which there's nothing wrong with this, but our first natural response is, God, I need, and then fill in the blank. Yeah. You were desperate for the things that we think we need, but really what happens when you experience prayer is you're immediately humbled. You realize who you're before and petitioning and pleading for his will to be done in our lives, just like Jesus, he set the example for us. He, he prayed in the garden three times, right. God, take this cup from me and three times, but not my will, your will be done. So and good. so when I think about that, that line you just read, I think about how even Jesus was like, Lord, let your way be done, you know? Yeah. And it, it, it is really true. I, I, going back to that discussion about why Christians might not pray. I think we also are, there's a few things we, pride gets in the way. 
mm-hmm. you know, we have, we have pride about us of like, I, there's a, there's something I want and I know God doesn't want that for me. Right. So that, and, it, and it's like a, we have a, we have a desire and a will that we're afraid that he's going to take the thing, the toy from us. He's going to take away what we want. Um, but then there's also the, the fear of asking him and not getting, you know, we're like, Hey, I'm going to ask for healing. I'm going to ask for, you know, this new Almost job. Like I'm going to ask. Disappointed of yeah. Like, but he, yeah. he's not going to do that. And maybe I have a fear of just the, maybe the way we grow up our own relationship with our own fathers or lack of that. Um, and so there's this disposition toward God of, of lack of trusting him. Mm-hmm. So I can't go to him because I don't think he's going to do what I want. I don't think he's going to listen to me. I don't think I deserve to be listened to. Um, rather than coming to him with all of that and saying, I don't know what you're going to do, God. I don't believe you will, but I'm going to ask anyway. And I, and, and I, and I want you to change that disbelief in me. I, I think about the man that was blind and Jesus comes, he says, do you believe I could heal you? And he says, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Right. And so that, we can have, you know, we believe in Jesus and we we believe in God, but then there's lots of stuff that are that unbelief exists in us that God wants to change in us. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to encourage all the listeners that all of those insecurities that you have or all of those fears that you have about praying to your your father in heaven, um, he's not intimidated by any of them. He's not right. afraid of them, he's not confused by them, he's not shocked by them. And that we can come to him. And like you, you said, that perspective shift. Yeah, of course he knows already. But he asks us to come to him. Right. Like I know lots of things about my kids before they ever say it to me. But I want them right. to come to me and talk to me. I think that, <laughs> the word that comes to my mind when I think about that in a relationship is the word offering. And it's yeah. like you said, God, God knows everything. But when we offer it up to him, like how much more beautiful of a relationship of that going back and forth with him. In my opinion, it, I think that the offering up is is a beautiful way to commune with him. Hmm. Oh, so good. There's another scripture that I, I love. I, I believe it's Paul. He says, he says, you know, how great is that we know God rather that he knows us. Mm-hmm. And that's the the part we we forget is that it's it, it's great that we know God. But really the the believer is mar- marvels that he knows us mm-hmm. and that we can we come to him and he invites us to come to him and reveal ourselves to him. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's true relationship. It is. It's reciprocal. Which is, is unique to only Christianity. Right. (laughs) No other world religion had a God that experienced suffering. Mm. Yeah. Not like like ours. (laughs) Not like ours. Well, and became like, he became human and dwelt among us. And, Mm. And he knows our temptations. He knows our pains and, and he's ready to receive us. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I think just what I was thinking as we were all talking about the idea of prayer is like so often too, you could see um, your own maturity over time. You know, like you see your kids that, you know, you have to be pretty much, you know, bottle feed them and hold them every, like, and it's very lots of coddling, and then as you yeah. grow, you know the kids start asking for everything, right? Like our kids, we can't go into Target without them asking for fifty things. Yeah, like, I know. Okay. <laughs> and then we have to work on gratitude. You know, I bought that phrase. You, know, you need to tell them thank you and, and take constant. care. Of it. Yeah, yes. right. And, yeah, and and it's it's funny. Like it seems like to that same trajectory. Like I used to only go to God like for my needs, and mm-hmm. God get me out of this hole that I've dug yeah. for myself. You know. <laughs> And now like it's, it's, you know, it's funny is, you know, how relationships do change when you have 
adult when you're an adult and you have an adult parent and you're able to form a real relationship and have discussions oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. and go deep about life and it seems like that same trajectory happens with God. The more you talk to him, the more you know him, the more you can predict what he'll say and sometimes mm-hmm. be surprised by what he says. Sure, totally. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's something, it's less of a, it's less of a competition, mm-hmm. you know, of like looking around who, how am I praying? How am I praying stacked up to everyone else? Mm but it's more of a journey. What, what journey is God taking you and on the maturity aspect. to learn him? I love mm-hmm. that. Right. Yeah. It's so really good. Speaking of maturity and, um, kind of training our children in the way they should go, you know, we start off as, as kids where we just, we have these routines with them around prayer. We pray at bedtime. We pray before we eat, we pray <laughs> on the way to school, you know, um, one game changer for us. And we want to hear from you guys too around prayer for our kids was doing, uh, it's that heart posture, but having prayer time that's outside of those routine prayer times. So not just for meals and bedtime and on the Mm -hmm. way to school, but like them waking up and seeing us on the couch, communing Mm -hmm. with God and inviting them into that space. What did Adeline say the other day when she came out and saw us praying? Um, I don't remember. I forgot. It was so cute, but she's like, Oh, you guys are praying. And then she kind of just sat next to us and watched us pray. It was a, such a discipleship moment right. of like, mm-hmm. this, we're planting this seed. Yeah. You know, we may not see it fruit for a while, but mm-hmm. in, in Jesus name, we'll see her someday with her husband yeah. grow yeah. up and, and know that this is what a fruitful marriage looks like. Yeah. yeah, this is what it can be. That's really so beautiful. We want to hear from you guys. How what are mm. ways that we can disciple our children around prayer? Um so I I think what you said just that it's a regular thing, going back yeah. to that. Hey, this is just what we do. Like yeah. it's not there's not one time a day that we do it. This is something we do all the time, every time, whenever. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first thing we go to. So teaching them that. Um uh, but something that we've we've tried really hard to instill in our kids is so we, we give them opportunity to pray. So mm-hmm. would someone like to pray for our meal? Would someone like to pray after a Bible time? Would someone like to, nice. um, and then there's, and, and letting them know that their prayers are enough mm-hmm. and that their prayers are like, cause I, th- I feel like there's kids be sometimes like, Oh, that was your like little children prayer. And now we're going to do the real <laughs> prayer. Oh, and, true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I don't want to put anyone down because it's not wrong to also pray. But I let my kids know there's sometimes that that's it. I'm like, no, yes. you know, so-and-so just prayed and we, we're so thankful for that. And then we move on. Mm. Um, or be like, oh, I'd like to pray also. Mm-hmm. So it's a, I'm not replacing her prayer or yes. her prayer. A couple of weeks ago, our youngest, he, she's three, um, was praying at dinner. But you could tell she kept opening her eyes and she would just thank God for everything that she saw Fork, for the, the fork, uh, the flowers outside. Just, and it was so funny. And all the other kids who are older started giggling. Um, but just being able to affirm her in that moment of like, that was a really good prayer, Edie. Like you, yes. you prayed we, exactly what you needed to. That was really good. And we always tell them like, God loves your prayers. And I know that for a fact, because there's so many times in the, in the new Testament when Jesus, he's like, call, call the little ones to me. And he's like, like, see them. this little one. I want you to be like this, not, like not what you're doing over there. Be like this little one that's sitting with me and that right. knows me and loves me. Another thing that I always like to do is offer prayer to my children, whether they come to me because they got hurt or yeah. someone hurt their feelings. Well, they come or in the night a lot. I had a bad nightmares. Dream. Like, oh, yeah. Come here and we pray for, for them. Yes. For really random things. If they come to me, I'm like, Oh, 
do you want me to pray for you for that? And what's really cool is I took my daughter in on a drive. Uh, we were going into town. Um, she's eight. And we were chit-chatting about things. And then it got quiet. And she goes, hey, mom, is there anything you want me to pray for you for? Like oh, your marriage or yeah. your business? And I was like, <laughs> okay, wait best. a minute. <laughs> like, oh, my first of all, can I just say thank you, Lord, that I have a daughter who has insights like yeah. this? Because, mm. wow, like you're just, you're I, you're wonderful. Um, and then I got to ask her it, to reciprocate. You know, we talked about reciprocation. I That's asked her what so I could pray for her for. And so just having that as a part of, especially when you have multiple children, like making sure that you're individualizing them and taking time yeah. separate from everybody else and just say, hey, mm. how can mommy be praying for you? Um, a, a couple of things is we, another thing that we do. Um, so we have a small home church and um, we encourage the children to pray. Mm-hmm. We want them to, so if they pray, we all listen and we say, we say amen with them. We thank them for being a part of our church and part of uh, that time praying yeah. for us. Because I, like I said, we, we believe that God's listening to their prayers, just like he listens to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we, I think we, like you said, she came to pray, asked her for you to pray for her. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's something really powerful about humbling yourself as an adult before your child. Wow. Uh, it, so there's been times that we're like kind of in a tiff and my mm-hmm. son He'll recognize it. He's he's smart. He's he, like our ten year old comes and puts his arm arm hand behind for you guys? both of our shoulders and says, "Can I just pray for you?" Or I think you guys should just pray about this. Yeah, and and you know what? Okay. In my in my flesh, I want to be like, uh, "Please go away. We're, We're gonna dealing with this." Okay. But I'm I'm like, oh, "You're right. Uh, you're right." <laughs> I, we will in a moment. Thank you for reminding us. You're, you're absolutely right. That's and good. So we have to like let him know that you have to be humble. He, he's yeah. discerning. He's discerning well. And then other times I, I go and there's like, a, I'm having a, I'm, I'm having an off day. I don't feel good. I'm like frustrated. I'm irritable. And I'll come to them and like, can you guys pray for me? I'm not, in a, I'm not okay. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. frustrated and I, I need some prayer. And then I have my kids pray for me. Which we should be doing that for each other too yeah. as spouses. I think sometimes yes. we forget that we have that support. And if we are able to Asking pray for, for each it. other, yeah. And humble ourselves and just ask for that. It's such a powerful thing. Prayer has been an anchor in our marriage and our family for yeah. since the beginning. And it's been such a, um, a, a humbling and peaceful thing for our home. Yeah. And so if I can just yeah. encourage anyone listening today, it's just take that step to pray <laughs> whenever, yes. however you can Somewhere. just start. Yeah. So yes. good. I, I love this conversation. So many good insights and a challenge to all of us listening right. to, to in everything we do in word or deed, do all yeah. in the name of the Lord Jesus. Like mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> having a prayer always on your mind mm-hmm. um, and on your lips. I, I love that. Where can people pick up your book? So the, if they just simply go to themarriagegift.com, it'll take them straight to the book. Uh, okay. We just, we wanted to make it as easy as possible. That's the name of the book and it's the URL, themarriagegift.com. Um, awesome. And if they, and if they want to, we also have a podcast. You guys have a wonderful podcast, but if they want to listen to ours yes. also, uh, yeah. it's just marriage after God. They can check okay. anywhere they download podcasts. Nice. Very awesome. We will put all of that in the show notes. You okay. also have, you have a lot of books, but you have a book that we were talking about, about before we clicked record. Um, tell us about that book because it relates to our conversation. So uh, the podcast stemmed from this book, but it's also called Marriage After God. And the subtitle is Chasing Boldly After God's Purpose for Your Life Together. 
And Aaron and I wanted to collaborate and write a book that would inspire couples to see their marriage in light of God's purpose for them. And to, um, we talk, we give this, uh, idea of a tool belt and how, when you have a tool belt, there's all these pockets and things. Um, and so the point is, is that everyone has a tool belt. Everybody's been given a tool belt. Uh, Every marriage has been given a tool belt and our question is what has God filled it up with that you could be using every day to bless others for his kingdom work? Yeah. Um, so things like your experiences, your testimonies, your giftings, your resources, your mm. past hurts. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's and, so, and so our, like, like we desire every marriage to pray. Our, our desire is that every marriage would recognize that they have a ministry mm-hmm. uh, because there's a lot of Christians in the world that think, oh, the, you know, ministry is this thing over there. There's a handful of people. Or that just on Sundays. You know, yeah. I just have my nine to five job. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just, I'm just a stay at home mom. I'm just a, you know, and they, they, they remove themselves from a purpose mm-hmm. that God has for them. Cause they're not this thing over here that they've defined as quote unquote ministry. Yeah, the first true. thing that we, the first thing that we highlight in it is that your first ministry is your marriage yep. to each other. And mm-hmm. you know, it's just that idea that we are here for one another to continually point each other back to Christ, which we all need all the time. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yeah. Because if you can get that first ministry, right. Yep. Even though that person really gets you frustrated and has bad <laughs> breath sometimes, <laughs> maybe you can love somebody yeah. you don't know. And yeah. Yeah. well, I would, and our, our argument for this, like our, 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 what we contend with is this idea that you can do ministry for God and not have a good marriage that you can, that you can neglect your spouse and your children and your home because you're doing this great thing somewhere else. Right. And our argument is like, no, like the Bible, it says if you're going to be a, a leader in the church, that your home's got to be in order. Yeah, that's it. And so we, and it, it, when your home is in order, as we always say, your closest neighbor is your spouse. So if we, if you love your neighbor as yourself, if you if you honor them, if you if you treat them well, if you sacrifice for them, if you can serve them, then ministry outside your home is going to be that much more easy. Especially mm-hmm. if you're both on the same page. If you're both mm-hmm. chasing after God together, then serving the Lord outside your home is much more effective. Mm-hmm. And then when people look at your life, they're like, wow, actually they do that at home too. That's like their marriage is not perfect, but it's, they love God right? and they love each other. So yes. beautiful. Okay, that. folks. So go grab those books. We're <laughs> going to put them in the show notes, marriage after God. And then this book we've been talking about, which is the marriage gift, the 365 prayers. And they're so doable. Um, each day is just one page. So it's, or like a half a page. And again, it's not to replace your prayer life, but it's to give you that launching pad of something to pray. Ideas. Mm -hmm. I think of like, oh yeah, I can pray about that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And to help you form that habit, that rhythm of prayer. Good. Well, thank you so much, Aaron and Jennifer. You guys have been fantastic. And we're going to close out this episode the way that we close out all of our episodes. And that's by asking you this question. Rewind back to your first couple years of marriage. And what advice do you wish you would have received? And then fill in the blank. <laughs> Dear young married couple. Oh, man. That's so good. Um, <laughs> I think for me, I would say um, to not be so scared of everything. And um, be quicker to embrace you and our reality and just what what we were walking through. Because I was so quick to want to run and escape and not deal with hard things. Yeah, I would would say, dear young married couple, uh, uh, relax and and trust God. (laughs) Like it's (laughs) 
it's so, like you said, it's so stressful learning all these new things and just be patient with yourself and with your spouse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, good advice guys. Good stuff. Thank Thank you guys so much for being willing to be on here and sharing your wisdom. And, uh, we're, we're really excited about digging into this book. Yeah, thank, thank you. you for having us. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> hey guys, we've got an exciting announcement that's bound to set your hearts on fire. As you know, we believe in the kind of relationships where conversations about sensitive topics like sex and intimacy can happen with ease. But after conversations and sessions with so many of you, we know that people carry barriers and misconceptions about these topics. And it's often rooted in childhood or personal beliefs about the Bible and sex. But don't you worry. We have something incredible coming your way. It's time to take your marriage to a whole new level. Introducing the Eros Conference. Eros, derived from the Greek word for erotic love, is the passionate, sensual, and romantic love that fuels the fire of intimacy between a husband and wife. It's the kind of love that intensifies with selflessness and diminishes with selfishness. It's a love that reflects our creator. God uses marriage and sexuality as a parallel to demonstrate his love to the church. And we're here to help you understand that connection on a deeper level. So mark your calendars and get ready for an experience like no other. The Eros Conference is coming to three convenient locations in 2024. And trust me, you want to be there. First up, join us in Indianapolis on January 26th through 27th, 2024. It's gonna be a memorable start to the year. Or if you want a hot summer vacay, pack your bags and head to the Gulf Coast. On June 21st and 22nd, 2024, we'll be in Biloxi, Mississippi. And finally, we're wrapping up our year in Houston on November 1st and 2nd, 2024. It's going to be a Texas-sized experience. (laughs) All right, guys. So don't waste time. Your marriage deserves the best. And the Eros Conference is where it all begins. At Eros, we're going to bring you biblically-based and scientifically sound tools. So join us because it's time to strengthen your emotional and sexual intimacy and feel more connected than ever. Just click the link in the show notes to register. We'll see you there. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.